I love mountains. I'd like to think of myself as a bit of a mountain man, but uh, not really. The mountains here uh, in Australia, people from other countries represented here have much, much bigger mountains. And my first experience of this was I walked up a place called Mount Kinabalu in Borneo, which again is probably not that big compared to some people's mountains. But uh, it's the first time I'd actually experienced where I got above a certain place where you start to feel the air is getting really thin and you have a thing they call the altitude sickness. So when I arrived at the, not the summit, but at the base camp, um, I wondered why my heart was throbbing. I never knew my heart sort of could actually bounce that quickly in your chest, you know, when you start to feel it, you know, racing. But it was the throbbing in the head. I thought, well, this is my moment. I must be going to die because I've just walked up 6,000 steps. And... But uh, it was the thin air. And someone said to me, that's okay. Relax, Steve. You're just, uh, you're not going to die as far as we know. It's just... Um, kind of bit of altitude acclimatisation. And I thought, oh, this will be interesting because tomorrow morning we're going up further. <laughs> so um, they said, well, you just walk according to your body. You listen. So that's what I did. The next morning I just uh, went slowly. I seemed to be a bit slow, you know, and people were kind of racing off. And then as I walked a bit further, I was told not to take much with me and even what I had on became a bit hot and you're sort of shedding that. And then I noticed people laying on rocks as I walked up. I thought, oh, they passed me a bit earlier, but now they're kind of laying out on the rock, just sort of getting their breath. The air was getting very thin. And it started to get me in touch with how vulnerable I was, how fragile I was. And a uh, prayer came fairly spontaneously. Help me, Lord. It came very spontaneously. Didn't have to think about it at all. You know? Listen to my heart. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. So this kind of uh, memory comes back to me when I think of, you know, mountains. Because mountains are very significant in any culture, in any religious tradition, but, but particularly in ours, in the Judeo-Christian tradition. You know, Mount Sinai where Moses received the commandments, that encounter with God and the people of God. Mount Nebo as uh, Moses never entered the promised land but looked across the valley and... Uh, you know, the, the promised land which he was guiding the people to. And then Mount Tabor. I remember walking up Mount Tabor, actually, and uh, walking into the church on top of Mount Tabor in Israel. And um, there's a beautiful mosaic on the roof of the Transfiguration. And I've got to say that when I went in there, into that domed roof of this church, I actually had to walk out because it was so overwhelming, this fresco of of Jesus, the transfigured one. It was just amazing. I had to walk out first to sort of, okay, now I know what I'm walking back into. You know, it was just amazing. And I think that was uh, probably just whoever the artist was and whoever designed that church, I mean, that was their, I think that was their purpose, to say this was an incredible moment of encounter. You know, we're just giving you a taste of that here, but what those disciples experienced on Mount Tabor here was, um, was an incredible moment of encounter. And uh, the disciples saw Jesus as he really is. Up till then, they thought they knew Jesus. They walked alongside him, they listened to him, they ate with him, they walked with him, they talked with him, they saw his miracles, they saw his authoritative teaching, 
and they had all sorts of images and ideas and plans for Jesus. But when they encountered him as he really is, they saw in Jesus heaven and earth connecting. They saw in Jesus immortality and mortality. They saw in Jesus the finite and the infinite. They saw in Jesus that it's so close. God is so close. You can touch God and God can touch us. That's what they encountered. And Peter, obviously, he's never seen anything so beautiful. He's never seen anything or anywhere else or anyone else that he wants to be with. And he says, let's stay here. Why would you want to go anywhere else? This is the place to be. This is the encounter with Jesus. And then it becomes overwhelming. It's so much so that uh, they find themselves in this kind of almost paralysed fear. They're stunned by the presence and the glory of God shining on them. And Jesus has to kind of stir them out of their stupor, has to draw them out of their paralysed fear. And when they kind of come out of that, after they've heard and seen this incredible scene and they've heard the voice of God, this is my, we said it, didn't we, in the gospel acclamation, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Again, so close, so close. The mystics in the church talk about the closeness of God and often it's in the moment of great trial and passion and suffering in our own lives where God is so close. St John of the Cross says when you, in those moments of great darkness and pain and suffering and loss, when you feel like you're an absence of God, God is like this thin veil so close to us, just waiting for us to say, help me, God. I trust you. Help me. And even that, the disciples weren't able to do that themselves without Jesus coming to them and saying, do not be afraid. And he touches them. He raises them up. This is really an important moment because there's another mount which we're all heading towards for Easter, which is the Mount of Calvary. And this is the question for us in the midst of our trials and sufferings and difficulty and all the problems in our present world, sometimes the fragility of peace. Where are you, God, in the midst of that? Where is the glory of God? And we look upon the cross and we say it's there. We say it's there. I remember a story in one of the camps um, extermination camps in, in Nazi Germany and uh, where there were Christians in that camp and uh, they were persecuting and executing people who um, were being substitutes for people who escaped from the camp to try and dissuade people escaping. And uh, one, one young boy was actually hung there and... Some people next to some of the Christians said, where is your God now? And they pointed to the boy and said, he's there, struggling in him. This is the glory of God. This is what Jesus says, doesn't he, in John's Gospel. When I am lifted up from the earth, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. 
Because in his vulnerability, in his fragility, in his brokenness, his body is opened up and his spirit is poured out in an unprecedented way. And we feel that we can approach him. This morning, the invitation to us, it might even be in the words of uh, Pope Francis in one of his documents he talked about, Evangelion Guardian, the joy of the gospel, where he says, each day the Christian must pray this prayer of Jesus, I want a personal, sorry, I want a personal encounter with you. I want my eyes to be opened again because I get weighed down so much by the trials and difficulties, you know, in our world and in my own life and my own families and all the failures and difficulties that I go through, sickness in my own body. I get overwhelmed by that and I lose sight, Jesus, of you. And today he's saying, but today I want to restore your sight so that you may see me in you and around you in reality, see me as I really am. Yes, and even in the midst of your trials and your sufferings. So as we come to the Eucharist this morning, we pray that the, our eyes, you know, the scales would fall from our eyes and we would see Jesus in our midst, coming to us, not just touching us, but coming into us, filling us with all grace and power and victory. Because Jesus, when he's lifted up on the cross, says, you know, it's the triumph of the cross as well. It's his victory. He's no longer on the cross. He's triumphed over death and sin and shame and suffering. And he's reaching out this morning to touch us, touch deep into our spirit and restore our sight, our faith, our trust in him again. So let's pray for a moment that this might become the reality for each of us here. That when we leave this mountain, this hill, this light on the hill this morning, we will descend with this seed into our hearts that this morning I have encountered you, Jesus. And then when I go into my passion and trials throughout the week or the days ahead, I will remember who you are and where you are and who you are in me and where you are in the world. And I will want to always be with you and draw others into you. So let's pray for a moment that the Spirit will enlighten our hearts and minds this morning. If you want to close your eyes or if you want to have some image of Jesus, whether it's the cross or whether it's an image of his resurrection, Lord Jesus, we pray that you enlighten our minds and our hearts. Give us new eyes to see you this morning, to see beyond all our present difficulties, our sadness and suffering and grief, loss, failures. To see beyond often the oppression and the forces and the influence around us that rob us of joy and hope and peace. Rob us of what it is to be truly humans, created in the image and likeness of you, Lord. We pray this morning, Lord, that you give us new confidence to take upon the cross, to bring to your cross our sin, our shame, because that has been swallowed up in the victory and the triumph of the cross, your resurrection, Jesus. Lord, pour out your spirit upon us in this 
feast this morning, in this Eucharist, that as you come to us in communion, we might be restored in our faith, our trust, and our sight, our faith sight, Lord, in your presence with us. Help us know the closeness, that thin line between what we experience in day-to-day life and your constant presence with us. We ask this in your name. Amen. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.